Section 3 of Herbals, Their Origin and Evolution A Chapter in the History of Botany This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Herbals, Their Origin and Evolution A Chapter in the History of Botany By Agnes Arbor the early history of the herbal in england part one the herbarium of apuleius plutonicus concerning the herbarium of apuleius plutonicus a few remarks have been already made this herbal was perhaps the first through which any kind of systematic knowledge of medicinal plants was brought into britain for this reason it may be mentioned here although manuscript herbals do not strictly come within our province. In the Bodleian Library there is an Anglo-Saxon translation of the work, which is said to have been made for King Alfred. Another Anglo-Saxon manuscript of later date, probably transcribed between A.D. 1000 and the Norman Conquest, has been rendered into modern English by Dr. Cockaine, the classical and anglo-saxon plant names are given in the herbal and although there is scarcely any attempt at description the localities where the plants may be found are sometimes mentioned the greater part of the manuscript is concerned with the virtue of herbs the plants were regarded in this as in most early works merely as simples that is the simple constituents of compound medicines Hieronymus Bach in 1551 described his herbal as being an account of die Einfach et Geschwa, Simplicia Genant. The term simple, now almost obsolete, was a household word in earlier times when most remedies were manufactured at homes in the still room. The expression of Jacques in As You Like It, a melancholy of mine own, compounded of many simples extracted from many objects would not have seemed in the least far-fetched to an audience of that day it is interesting that although the word simple used in this sense has vanished from our common speech its antithesis compound has held its place in the language of pharmacy the southern source of the herbal of apuleius is suggested by the fact that the origin of the healing art is attributed to Esculapius and Chiron. We are told also that the worm words were discovered by Diana, who delivered their powers and leached them to Chiron, the centaur, who first from these warts set forth the leechdom. The lily of the valley, on the other hand, is said to have been found by Apollo and given by him to Esculapius, the leech. Many of the accounts of the virtues of the plants are of the nature of spells or charms rather than of medical recipes. For instance, it is recommended that if any propose a journey, then let him take to him in hand this ward Artemisius, then he will not feel much toil in his journey. As is usually the case in the older herbals, the proper mode of uprooting the mandrake is described with much gusto. This wart is Michelin, illustrious of aspect, and is also beneficial. Thou shalt in this manner take it when thou comest to it. Then thou understandest it by this, 
that it shineth at night altogether like a lamp when first thou seest its head then inscribe thou it instantly with iron lest it fly from thee its virtue is so mickle and so famous that it will immediately flee from an unclean man whence he cometh to it hence as we said before do thou inscribe it with iron and so thou dwell about it as though thou touch it not with the iron but thou shalt earnestly with an ivory staff dwell the earth and when thou seest its hands and its feet then tie thou it up and take the other end and tie it to a dog's neck so that the hound be hungry next cast meat before him so that he may not reach it except he jerk up the wart with him of this wart it is said that it hath so mickle might that what thing soever tucketh it up that it shall soon in the same manner be deceived therefore as soon as thou see that it be jerked up and have possession of it take it immediately in hand and twist it and wring the ooze out of its leaves into a glass ampulla the writer of the herbal evidently fully accepted the mythical notion that the mandrake was furnished with human limbs plate five shows how this plant was depicted in an early printed edition of the herbarium of apuleius but much more spirited and sensational treatments of the same subject are to be found in some of the manuscripts dealing with herbs the earliest english printed book containing information of a definitely botanical character is probably the translation of the liber de proprietatibus rerum of bartholomeus anglicus which was printed by winken de word before the end of the fifteenth century this has been briefly mentioned in the last chapter and a woodcut from it is shown in text figure nineteen section two banks herbal the first book printed in england which can really be called a herbal is an anonymous quarto volume without illustrations published in fifteen twenty five the title page runs here beginneth a new matter the which showeth and treateth of ye virtues and properties of herbs the which is poultry i have not been able to satisfy myself that this work is directly derived from any pre-existing book and it seems possible that it may really have some claim to originality dr payne suggests that it is probably an abridgment of some medieval english manuscript on herbs it is certainly quite a different work from the much more famous great herbal printed in the succeeding year and although there are no figures it is in some ways a better book distinctly less space in proportion is devoted to the virtues of the plants and on the whole more botanical information is given for instance under the heading capillus veneris we find the following description this herb is called maiden here or waterwort this herb hath leaves like to fern but the leaves be smaller and it groweth on walls and stones and in ye mittels of ye leaf is as if it were black here the great herbal on the other hand vouchsafes only the meagre information capillus veneris is an herb so named in cases where the virtues of the herbs are not strictly medicinal they are described in banks herbal with more than a touch of poetry 
rosemary has perhaps the most charming list of attributes some of which are worth quoting the reader is directed to take the flowers and make powder thereof and bind it to the right arm in a linen cloth and it shall make the light and merry also take the flowers and put them in a chest among your clothes and among books and moths shall not hurt them also boil the leaves in white wine and wash the face therewith thou shalt have a fair face also put the leaves under thy bed and thou shalt be delivered of all evil dreams also take the leaves and put them into a vessel of wine if thou sell that wine thou shalt have good luck and speed in the sale also make thee a box of the wood and smell to it and it shall preserve thy youth also put thereof in thy doors or in thy house and thou shalt be without danger of adders and other venomous serpents also make thee a barrel thereof and drinketh thou of the drink that standeth therein and thou needest to fear no poison that shall hurt ye and if thou set it in the garden keep it honestly for it is much profitable the popularity of banks herbal is attested by the fact that a large number of editions appeared from different presses although their identity has been obscured by the various names under which they were published to consider these editions in detail is a task for the bibliographer rather than the botanist and will not be attempted here we may however mention a few typical examples in fifteen fifty a book was printed by john king with the title a little herbal of the properties of herbs newly amended and corrected with certain additions at the end of the book declaring what herbs hath hath influence of certain stars and constellations whereby may be chosen the best and most lucky times and days of their ministration according to the moon being in the signs of heaven the which is daily appointed in the almanac made and gathered in the year of our lord god one thousand five hundred and fifty the twelfth day of february by anthony ascom physician this work which is generally called ascom's herbal is directly derived from bank's herbal with the addition of some astrological lore the book known as carey's or copeland's herbal which was probably first published about the same time as ascom's herbal is simply a later edition of the herbal of richard banks and another closely similar edition with an almost identical title was published by king another version of the same work undated and printed by robert wire appeared under an even more deceptive title a new herbal of macer translated out of latin into english there was as a matter of fact a certain Amelius Macer, a contemporary of Virgil and Ovid, who wrote about plants in Latin verse, and there is also a herbal which was first printed in the fifteenth century, and which is known by the name of Macer Floridas de Viribus Herbarum. Macer Floridas, or Amelius Macer, is supposed to have been the pseudonym of a physician whose real name was Odo de viribus urarum deals with seventy-seven plants in alphabetical order and describes their virtues in medieval latin verse which is believed to date back to the tenth century it is illustrated with woodcuts which are apparently copied from those of the herbarius zu tush 
there seems to be no justification whatever for the use of Maser's name on the title page of a new herbal of Maser, except for some slight verbal differences it is identical with banks herbal of fifteen twenty five another closely similar edition also undated was published under the name of Maser's herbal practiced by dr linacro Maser's name was probably merely borrowed in each case in order to give the books a well-sounding title and thus to increase the chances of sale section three the great herbal among the earlier english herbals the greater reputation belongs not to banks herbal in any of its forms but to the great herbal printed by peter traveris in fifteen twenty six and again in fifteen twenty nine this was admittedly a translation from the french namely from the work known as les grandes Evières, whose origin we have discussed on page twenty four in the preface and supplement however it also shows some indebtedness to the ortus sanitatus the figures in the great herbal are degraded copies of the series which first appeared in the herbarius zutuch the introduction to the great herbal though it is less naive and charming than the corresponding part of the german herbarius may yet be quoted in part as having a very lucid idea of the utilitarian point of view of the herbalist of the period and also as bringing home to the reader the immense influence of the theory of the four elements considering the great goodness of almighty god creator of heaven and earth and all thine therein and all things therein comprehended to whom be eternal laud and praise etc considering the course and nature of the four elements and qualities where the nature of man is inclined out of the which elements issueth divers qualities infirmities and diseases in the corporate body of man but god of his goodness that is creator of all things hath ordained for mankind which he hath created to his own likeness for the great and tender love which he hath unto him to whom all things earthly he hath ordained to be obeisant for the sustentation and health of his loving creatures mankind which is one made equally of the four elements and qualities of the same and when any of these four abound or hath more domination the one than the other it constraineth the body of man to great infirmities or diseases for the which the eternal god hath given of his abundant grace virtues in all manners of herbs to cure and heal all manner of sickness or infirmities to him be falling through the influent course of the four elements before said and of the corruptions and the venomous airs contrary the health of man also of unwholesome meats or drinks diseases been of name and impossible to be rehearsed and fortune as well in villages whereas neither surgeons nor physicians be dwelling nigh by many a mile as it doth in good towns where they be ready at hand wherefore brotherly love compelleth me to write through the gifts of the holy ghost showing and informing how man may be helped with green herbs of the garden and weeds of the fields as well as by costly receipts of the apothecary prepared 
the conclusion of the whole matter which is set forth immediately before the index is in these words o ye worthy readers or practitioners to whom this noble volume is present i beseech thou take intelligence and behold the works and operations of almighty god which hath endowed his simple creature mankind with the graces of the holy ghost to have perfect knowledge and understanding of the virtue of all manner of herbs and trees in this book comprehended from a twentieth century point of view the great herbal contains much that is curious especially in relation to medical matters bathing was evidently regarded as a strange fad we learn on the authority of gallon that many folk that have bathed them in cold water have died or they come home water drinking seems to have been thought almost equally pernicious for we are told master isaac saith that it is impossible for them that drinketh over much water in their youth to come to the age that god ordained them a period when men were more prone than they are to-day to settle their differences by the use of their strong right arms is reflected in the various remedies proposed for such afflictions as blackness or bruising coming of stripes especially if they be in the face turning to less concrete ailments it is rather striking to find what a large number of prescriptions against melancholy are considered necessary for instance to make folk merry at the table one is recommended to take four leaves and four roats of vervain in wine then sprinkle the wine all about the house where the eating is and they shall all be merry the smoke of aristolochia maketh the patient merry marvellously and also driveth all devilishness and all trouble out of the house buglos and mugwort are also recommended to produce merriment and it is suggested that the lesser mugwort should be laid under the door of the house for if this is done man nor woman can annoy in that house the number of specifics proposed as a cure for baldness is somewhat surprising when one remembers that this condition is often attributed to the nervous stress and strain of modern life hair dyes and stains for the nails also receive their share of attention very remarkable powers were ascribed to products of the ocean such as coral and pearls the former is described as being a manner of stony substance that is found in parties of the sea and specially in hollow and cavy hills that bend in the sea and groweth as a matter of gluey humour and cleaveth to the stones the writer mentions that some say that the reed coral keepeth the house that it is in from lightning thunder and tempest pearls were regarded as of great value in medicine and for weakness of the heart the patient is recommended to take the powder of pearls with sugar of roses which suggests a remedy worthy of a poet many travellers tales are incorporated into the herbal we find for instance a most thrilling description of the lodestone lapis magnetis is the adamant stone that draweth them it is found in the brimes of the ocean sea and there be hills of it and these hills draw the ships that have nails of iron to them and break the ships up drawing of the nails out this description is illustrated by a picture of a rocky pinnacle and a ship going to pieces 
one man is already in the water and two others are on the point of losing their lives many of the remedies for different ailments strike the modern reader as being violent in a terrifying degree and adapted to a more robust age than the present they incline one to echo the words there were giants in the earth in those days but apparently the sixteenth century held an exactly corresponding view of its predecessors for under the heading of white ellebore we read in old time it was commonly used in medicines as we use squamini for the body of man was stronger than it is now and might better endure the violence of ellebore for man is weaker at this time of nature it is somewhat remarkable that both christianity and greek mythology find a place in the great herbal the discovery of artemisia and its virtues is attributed to diana and the centaurs but in the event of being bitten by a mad dog the sufferer is recommended to appeal to the virgin mary before employing any remedy as some of ye be bitten go to the church and make the offering to our lady and pray here to help and heal thee then rub ye sore with a new cloth etc quite a number of medicines enumerated in the great herbal still hold their own in modern practice licorice is recommended for coughs laudanum henbane opium and lettuces as narcotics olive oil and slaked lime for scalds cuttlefish bone for whitening the teeth and borax and rose water for the complexion this book throws an interesting light on the early names of british plants the primrose is called primarose and st peterwort the devil's bite is said to be so called by cause the rote is black and seemeth that it is jagged with brightening and some say the devil hath envy at the virtue thereof and beat the rote so for to have destroyed it duckweed is called lentils of a water or frog's foot while cuckoo pine is known by the picturesque name of Presti's hood and wood sorrel is called alleluia or cuckoo's meat one of the most noticeable features of the herbal is the exposure of methods of faking drugs for the protection of the public to eschew the fraud of them that selleth this is a great step in advance from the days of the old greek herbalist when secrecy was part of the stock and trade of a druggist and as we have pointed out in a previous chapter the credulous public was warned off by threats of the miraculous and fearful ills which would follow any unskilled meddling with the subject another work which was illustrated with the same figures as those of the great herbal was the virtuous book of distillation of the waters of all manner of herbs which appeared in fifteen twenty seven this was a translation of Lawrence Andrew from the Liber de Arte Distillande of Hieronymus Braunschweig, to which we have already referred. It is almost entirely occupied with an account of methods of distillation, but occasionally there is a picturesque touch of description. For example, in speaking of the mistletoe, the author says, This herb hath a long slender leaf, neither full green nor full yellow and beareth a small white berry the book was printed in the fleet street by me lorenz andrew in the sign of the golden cross end of section three